This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Injury-wise, uh, what kind of shape are you in going to this game on Sunday? Will you have uh, anybody available who's been out injured? <laughs> ah, OK. I thought if we have anybody available, yes, we have, uh, we have anybody available or somebody. Um, I don't know yet. We will see. So, uh, Trent and Abby will do the first steps in team training today. Um, whatever we can do with that, that depends to how it looks and stuff like this. We had some, uh, some niggles sent them after the game against Ajax. Obviously, we have to see um, how they respond. So far, they didn't do a lot apart from um, um, treatment and stuff like this. So we have to we have to see how that how that develops. So I, I don't I don't know in a moment. Um, apart from Nabi and 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 Trent, nobody is coming back now. Ox looks really promising, but that's obviously um, um, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's doing the warming up with the team now, um, some ball work, um, a lot of stuff. Um, but we will we will develop that now over the next few days and 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 weeks, days, and we will see from which moment on um, it makes sense to throw him in. But um, yeah, he's he's not too far away. So, so you think there's a chance that Navi and Trent could play? There's a chance that Nabi and Trent can be in a squad, I would say. If they can play, I don't know. If they're in a squad, then they can play, but if they can start or play 90 minutes, then I don't know. So, but I think there's a chance that they are in a squad, yes. Uh, also, it looks like uh, you have an exceptional uh, young goalkeeper. Um, how do you think he would rise to the challenge if he starts against Wolves on Sunday? Uh, he looked good, but um, he is a, a really calm person, and he will not. Um, uh, what is that? The English saying for that? So he will not be uh, now flying the whole week. So he's a hard worker, and um, we, we will see, there's no doubt that he will deal with the, all the fuss around him um, pretty well. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a big call eh, to 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 throw him in in that game, but um, thank God it worked out. That's unfortunately not always the case. That doesn't make the players worse. It just is the wrong timing of the of the manager. So um, for him, it was right. That's good. And uh, now we will see how we carry on. Uh, there was a Premier League shareholders uh, meeting yesterday, and the issue of five substitutes was not raised. Are you surprised at that? And are you still hopeful that it will happen sometime this season? <sighs> I was not surprised because I knew about it, um, and uh, yeah, I think that information speaks for itself. Um, nobody thought it would go through. I told you about um, the the fact that in the managers' meeting it is it was uh, if we would have voted that day, which we were not allowed to, um, then it would would have been through 100% uh, with 15 or 16 votes, whatever, um, and. Um, that it didn't happen since then is obviously a sign that the, some shareholders, some CEOs, sporting director, whatever, um, see, the, see it differently to their managers. That's now not a really good sign, to be honest, because it, 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 it shows then it's absolutely um, these people now really ignore the player welfare. Um, the coaches don't do that um, anymore, but these people do it and that's, that's not okay. But if you don't have a chance to 
to, 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 to vote for it, then you have to, to accept that for the moment. But um, because it's about player welfare, by the way, men mental health and player welfare, so it's, it's, a, it's a whole package, um, we will not stop fighting for it. So because it's just the right thing to do. I heard, I got um, numbers from the Scottish League. They had so far in the season, they had 65% um, substitutions to, to, I'm not sure what is it, to, for load management, 30% um, for tactical reasons and 5% for injury reasons. Um, these numbers are, even I don't have the English numbers in the moment because it takes a while obviously until we get them, that will look completely different here. Um, and how I said, when people tell me now that, um, that we don't make enough changes anyway, the problem is with the, if we have the, actually the three subs is actually, if you are 100% only, only a two sub rule in the moment because the third sub, you always, at least you always have to keep, sometimes two subs you have to keep because you see on the pitch that so many players are on the edge, yet you don't know who will go down first. And that's the problem. So you cannot make early changes, otherwise you finish the games with nine or ten players. And that makes, and the Premier League is too strong for that. I know what people said about it and I, um, and maybe when I, I was kind of disappointed, angry, whatever, in, in, in some moments, um, I'm not. It's, um, it's, um, it's just the right thing to do. And I'm pretty sure, and it is a fact, in the latest, I'm sure we will discuss that early again because of the, of the influence of the three subs, only three subs. Now all the teams have to play from now on all three days pretty much. That will be massive for all teams from now on because now they will, everybody will feel the difference to other seasons. And next summer, um, it will become a, a problem for Gareth Southgate because um, all the players um, Gareth wants to pick are obviously in um, play international football. Most of them, the few Aston Villa players, not, but I think pretty much all maybe Leeds not, Phillips, but most of them play um, have played so far three times a week. Will do that from February on again. Play now three times a week um, all the time. So Gareth will get what we can give him, and. If we stick with three subs, then um, it's for him, then, then he has a problem then. So it's an FA problem. In my understanding, and um, Scott Parker mentioned that in our manager's meeting, he said um, from a Fulham point of view, he has to say three subs is better because it's an, five would be an advantage for, for bigger squads, stuff like this. But um, he doesn't think we should vote about it. He, he thought we should just decide about it, not us, obviously, just the Premier League or the FA. Um, and so, um, it, only because we didn't vote yet, or no, nobody voted yesterday, that doesn't um, make the problem smaller. The problem stays and it's not about Liverpool. I don't have in a moment really five players to, to change, so I can bring kids and stuff like this, that's all okay and it's our problem, nothing to do with the, with the general problem. But it's about all the players and it's to it's about load management and nothing else and load management not for getting an advantage load management for making dealing with the problem what this covid situation obviously is for football as well dealing with the with the um, situation in the best possible way and we cannot just ignore it because some people um, say that uh, it would be an advantage for others because it's not about an advantage. I cannot say it often enough. I heard now that um, um, Gary Neville said that I, um, I didn't I understood it, but I don't can't remember what he exactly said. But it's not about 
Liverpool, whatever he thinks, then it's maybe an evidence what how he would do, how he would deal with a situation like that. But he cannot think or should not think that I'm like him because I, I'm not like him. And I speak about all the players and not only the Liverpool players. OK, Simon Crabtree, the PRP. Hi, Jürgen. Hi. Hi, Jürgen. We're all making small steps forward as human beings at the moment. And this weekend, for the first ever time since Liverpool became Premier League champions, there will be 2,000 very lucky and I'm sure very excited supporters able to cheer you on at Anfield as well. So how good will that be for you, for the players and just for Liverpool fans in general and football fans in general? I hope it will be a great experience for all of us, to be honest. I don't know um, how I said um, before. I, as a player, I played very often in front of 2,000 people. Uh, they were not always in the best mood, to be honest. So 2,000 people can, can create a bad mood. I, I, I remember that very well. So, But after that long break, I think um, our, our fans will be in the best possible shape. And what we always said, when you go to Anfield, yeah, it's not important how many you are. It's all about um, um, how much your how big your influence will be, and I hope that two thousand people can be um, really influential. To be honest, that they really help. They should first and foremost they have to enjoy the game. So I, hope, I don't hope that if they see the first pass which will not um, arrive. Uh, from player A to player B, um, that they think, oh my God, again, stuff like this. They just should be happy that they are in the stadium again. I am very happy that we have them there. Um, and yeah, let's make the best of it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I, I get the impression from the from the looking uh, people who I've managed to speak to or read about online that they are genuinely excited about it. And I saw that one of them said it felt like being at the first ever football match again because it is felt like forever. So I'm going to pick your brains a little bit. Can you remember the first time that you ever went to a football match as a fan and, and what it was like and how that made you feel? It was for sure. Oh. I watched my my local team as often as possible. So, but that was a non-league team. My first professional football match I watched was 100% at Stuttgart. Um, I was a little kid. My granny um, made me a jumper, which looked like the the the, the, the match kit of of Stuttgart. Uh, was a bit itchy, but um, it was still the nicest jumper I ever had in my life. Um, and yeah, I, I have memories. I can't remember the game, the opponent, to be honest. But I was probably only five, six years old, so it's a <laughs> really long ago. But um, I can remember the excitement that always, because I couldn't go very often, played myself and um, for other reasons. And uh, when it was possible, then I was excited already three, four, five days before and spoke about it probably for the next four weeks. So, um, yeah, I was good. I was a good supporter. I enjoyed the game. I was never angry in the stadium. I remember that. Thank you. Gilead, BBC. Um, Jürgen, just following on from that, because you're obviously Premier League champions and, and fans haven't had a chance to see the trophy, will the club be doing anything different? Um, or will they present the trophy? Will there be an opportunity to see that trophy? I don't think so. But in these kind of things, at least so far, I was not involved, <laughs> to be honest. Um, um, but I didn't hear anything. I don't think so. So we can we uh, come on. Now we make the first step. So and why should now the first two thousand see it, and then the next 
three, four, five, ten thousand. Hopefully, don't see it and, and stuff like this. We will find a moment when we show it. It's still here or wherever I don't know. Um, and we have to, we will find a day a date where um, most of our fans are able to see. And by the way, they saw it already um, on television only. But um, that's more for most of the fans in the world like this. So um, we will find the the appropriate moment. The answer is no, Juliet. By the way, it won't be. So the answer is no. <laughs> Is that it? Fantastic. Yes. Okay. Okay. No problem. Okay, we'll go to James from Talksport and then to Ian Kennedy from BBC Merseyside. Jurgen, you've had four full days off between the Ajax match, or you will have four full days off between the Ajax match and the Wolves game. Just how significant is that? Just how beneficial is it to have that period of time of recovery between Ajax and what's going to be a huge game on Sunday? Yeah, will be a huge game. No, it's absolutely was was great and necessary as well. So we don't have four days off, by the way. We just don't play. But in an, in our normal weeks, we um, we would play today. And um, I sit here and I, I'm, I'm I feel pretty good. But I'm very happy that we don't have to play today, to be honest. So um, we have now two days again to prepare, and that's what we will do. And um, you've. You saw it in, in games, whatever. The, the, it, yeah, days off for, for players are rare, but very important. Most of the time we cannot give it. We try, we try to squeeze out everything we can. Um, and that's what we did this time as well. So, um, yeah, I was really pleased about the opportunity. Um, but that, I think you knew that anyway. Okay. Ian Kennedy, BBC Merseyside, then Carl Markham for um, Press Association. And then if we can start having hands up from the... Uh, new, daily newspapers, which will be the first in Bargold section. But Ian first. Hi, Jürgen. Um, very good game in prospect against Wolves. I think since they came up, they finished seventh and seventh again. They're seventh at the moment. They've shown really <laughs> great consistency uh, since coming into the Premier League. And even though they've got injury problems, obviously, Raul Jimenez, we know about, and, and things like that, um, they've done remarkably well, haven't they? And I know you, you're a big admirer of what they've done there. I am because it's just good. It's just good, and when you play them, they they don't even play like the seventh of the league. They play like an absolutely top team, um, and they had now in the last, especially last year, they had the the European League um, to deal with, and they did this did it exceptionally well, to be honest. Um, played there well, and then um, that's a really tough task even after getting promoted only a year ago. Before that, so absolutely outstanding, and uh, Nunes doing exceptional job, top. Top um, recruitment, quite a few players from Portugal. It's clear with all the, the the people working there in the club. But top top players and um, yeah, like nothing bad to say about them. Now they changed systems slightly. I'm not sure if they will play against us like this. That makes it even more tricky. That you don't know exactly what they will do. They don't know exactly what we will do, which is good. So same situation. Let's play the game. And with um, fans on the on the issue of fans coming back into the into the stadium, I think there's some uh, research done that suggests that since fans haven't been able to come in, uh, it, the home advantage has 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 narrowed, if you like. And yet you've been able to keep your long unbeaten run going at home. How difficult though has that been, or has it been more difficult, obviously, without the fans being in the stadium? Everything has been more difficult without the fans. Absolutely everything. Um, and, but we, from a specific moment on, we didn't think about it anymore because you cannot change it and it makes no sense if you go always in an empty stadium and think, oh my God, it's still empty. Um, 
that's it's like it's um, we don't go on a bad pitch and think oh my god a bad pitch you have to deal with it and so we have to deal with uh, with no fans and now we have a few back which is really nice especially nice for the people it's really um, congratulations to all the 2000 who get the opportunity to come um, and so it's a, a very important for the clubs as well because it gives us the chance to 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 show that we are that we can deal with it um, that m maybe in in a month or so or two we can bring in more people and all these kind of things it's very very important and um, but it's nothing um, to do with us to be honest so we our job is to deliver results and performances and um, at football is always you have to deal with circumstances and um, it's football is more difficult on a bad pitch. Football is more difficult with wind. Football is more difficult without supporters. Um, that's how it is, and it's not even half as uh, enjoyable. And um, but still football, and um, we enjoyed it as much as we could so far. And um, now we hope uh, we all together can do this this even a bit more. Okay, thanks, Ian. And the final in the open before we go to the. Um uh, first embargo section is Karl Markham in a very festive house, I'm guessing, somewhere. With a blue Christmas tree, sorry. It's, it's, it's a lot of blue in. Yeah. Blue, green, red, purple. A little bit red. Red is actually not really represented. One, down the bottom. Down the bottom. That's good. Uh, oh, ah, okay. ah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Useful done, Carl. Your questions and then we'll go to the... Um, we'll go to the embargo section. Um, it's, a, it's a Nico Williams, John Henson double question really. On, on Tuesday we could hear how Jordan, who has been nominated for Sports Personality of the Year, sort of talked Nico through the game, he was encouraging him all the time. I just wondered how important that unseen role that we don't usually hear or see on the pitches with Henderson. Oh, <laughs> very important, very important. Hendo will be will be fine even in life after football um, if there's a life after football I mean um, if you want to stay in football that's possible for him as well but um, if you want to do something completely different it will be fine in that as well because it's just a, a smart person a very thoughtful person caring person and um, so you saw that and a leader as well you saw that in a, in a summer when there were some um, issues with the players and stuff like this where, where we where they had to where they had to find solutions and Hendo was a really was maybe the voice of, of that group um, and that's a lot of work to be honest now with the young players um, it would not be fair to mention only Hendo to be honest because um, yes on the pitch Hendo is probably the one you hear the loudest <laughs> uh, but there are, we, have, we have a lot of players who help who help the young the kids really really a lot and um, that's necessary so I'm a, I, I, I don't sit with them in the dressing room I don't um, during the week and all these kind of things there's a lot of time to talk the wrong stuff but you can talk as well the right stuff, and and our our experienced players are the perfect role models, and uh, that makes it um, easy for the. So it's it's not that our young kids don't know exactly how they should behave or should do this or that, because they see it every day. They see it every day in training, every day on the pitch. These boys train like they had never trained before. It's the first session or whatever, and um, that's absolutely exceptional. Yeah. And that makes it all easier. And um, of course, it's um, for for a young boy. It's important that you have this feedback on the pitch um, because it calms you down in in some situations and it pushes you in others. Uh, really, really, very, very important role. 
just a quick one to go back on, on the goalkeeper situation. Um, Kelleher has been your uh, long-time number three, I guess, but has he done enough now to be considered a number two, a like genuine backup to, to Alisson? <laughs> I, I, also, yeah, yeah, yes, he has, but it's that um, in life we have to prove things. That's unfortunately like this. But Cueve is a sensational, talented goalie. So, and for goalies, it's really difficult. Goalies have to wait. They can be exceptional. Have to wait for their for for their um, chance because there's only one goalie on the pitch. And if this goalie plays for ten years, ten years in a row, then it's pretty difficult. You can be still a wonderful goalie; nobody will see it. So now he got the chance, and I think everybody, he convinced everybody. He didn't have to convince us, obviously, that we, we we thought it will be like this. But he convinced everybody, and that's good. Um, but Adrian doesn't deserve just to, to 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 write him off now. There's no reason for that, and um, it's the, he supported Kriev in a, in an exceptional way um, after he. Got information that he will not start. He behaved unbelievable. So really, really, really respect for that. I have a lot of respect for that. Um, expected it actually, but um, anyway, I have a lot of respect for it. And Queef um, did well. So um, and yeah, there are not a lot of reasons uh, which I could mention in this moment to say he will not start against Wolves. But um, there are his training in between. There are other things. He has to stay fit. We have sessions. So all this kind of stuff. So, but he has done enough to convince me. But he's, he did that already, um, yeah, months and years ago. Uh, but sometimes you have to wait for the right moment, and we thought the right moment came on Tuesday. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.